This is not a meeting. Hey, everybody. Hey, first of all, just let me say thank you to each and every one of you who come and sits at this table with us each week and participates with us uh, through the different Facebook and Twitter and uh, website uh, media outlets that we have. Uh, we, we love being able to hear back from you and, and to sit down and, and basically just talk and feel like we're talking with you right at the table with us. Um, that's actually one of the reasons that I'm putting this little plug up front for you is because I want you to know that we've started a new Facebook group. Now, the group is a place where we're hoping that you'll come and you'll engage. You'll engage not just with us, uh, but you'll also engage with each other, give each other support, and, uh, and find some encouragement in different things that, that are posted there. Uh, ask your questions, uh, toss out your ideas, uh, share your heart, share your dreams, share your fears. Do, do, do the things that you can do to try to engage with the community of people that are wrapping around this idea and around this podcast that want to just support each other and encourage each other. So we want you to do that. Check us out. It's on Facebook. It's a, it, the group is called This Is Not A Meeting, and, and we would love to see you there and engage with you there. And now... Let's get on with the podcast. Welcome to This Is Not A Meeting. We are a community and we talk about sobriety, recovery, and overcoming challenges every single day. We do not claim to be experts. Uh, we are definitely not experts, but we are walking this journey with you, just trying to become our best selves. I am Scottage, and with me here we have... Big Joe. Jimbo. And the three of us have come together. We put together our collective wisdom for you. And uh, if you could harness all of that, you could probably toast a piece of bread lightly. Uh, okay, so with that said, we have uh, some things that have been going on. Uh, gentlemen, I'd like to share with you that I saw Logan over over last week. And I'd like and to thank you for calling to see if I wanted to go. I, of What's course, that? of course. <laughs> I must have missed that call. You um, know your audience, I think. Is, <laughs> is, is the, do you want to let people know what Logan is? The key there. Most people do know what Logan is there, Jimbo. I have no idea. It's a movie. You're kidding me, right? And it's about Wolverine. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is. Let me know when you're done. It's <laughs> old old man Logan. And people, if you enjoy the Marvel movies, if you are a Wolverine fan, you will love this movie. Do not take your kids to it. Um, it's rated R, right? It is rated R, and there is a reason, and it's more than just the violence. So, um, so it is. It's verges on or lends itself towards being more adult oriented, but it's a it's an awesome movie. Okay. That that said, that's my disclaimer. I, just I get remember nothing. the commercial and seeing him screaming at a little girl in a restaurant. Is that the same Logan we're talking about? The when she start using her claws and he says, "That's not okay." That's all. Yes, I yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. And if you were if if you were to see the scene, you would understand why he was telling her it's not okay. I'm out. Um, <laughs> that little girl is a badass man. <laughs> Complete badass. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, I got good news this week. I, I get nothing from Marvel. I just want to let everybody know that I get nothing from Marvel for <laughs> for having pushed that movie, but it was just really good. Okay, what do you got, Jim? J Big Joe. I went to the doctors this week, and the blood clot in my leg is gone. That is awesome. 
I was pretty pumped up about it. You should be. <laughs> you should be. That thing's been hanging out for months. Yes. And I was it's right there, right across where the seat is in my truck. And I was afraid of it not going away. And the doctor's appointment itself, I was nervous to go into because you build up that what if it's still there. And, but it was gone. It was a great relief. Glad to be done with that for now. Yeah, that's very cool. Jimbo, what, what have you been doing? I mean, catch us up on your week, buddy. Same old stuff. Just another busy work week, still battling this nasty head cold, that time of year type of deal, but slowly getting better, just a nagging cough that doesn't seem to ever want to go away, but all in all, pretty good. Right. Yeah. So it hasn't turned into the plague just yet? Not quite yet. Well, okay. And another thing, I went. I had something similar to what Jim had, and I went to Med Express, and they pretty much laughed at me and said, Joe, you have the common cold. <laughs> You can go now. <laughs> I want to thank awesome. my grandma and my mom and my wife for making me go. <laughs> it's all about that support system. Yep, absolutely. So they've ruled out they've ruled out any long term diseases for you. Yeah, my cousin had a field day with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do remember that day greatly because I even heard from other people. Oh, Joey's sick. What? <laughs> So I said, oh, yeah, Joe and I are doing something later on. Well, he's sick. <laughs> With the yeah. common cold. <laughs> he's, he's okay. He's going to be all right. I think he's going to make it. Um, okay, well, we did get some some listener feedback that uh, that I think we should try and give some, some time to. Uh, in one of the past episodes, we talked about the difference between, uh, or I, said, I should say we brought up the topic of self-pity and and self-loathing that it, that it can turn into and the question here that we got the listener didn't say that we could use the name so I'm, I'm not going to do that but but here's what here's what the question was it says i don't think i have self-pity but i have self-loathing is there a difference i don't feel poor me but maybe my actions represent that and i responded on on the uh facebook page and and I said, you know what, I, I do think there's a difference between self-pity and self-loathing. Um, my, my initial take, and let me toss this out, see what you guys think. But my initial take is self-pity is really, really is the why me. You know, it's that, it's that bottom of the toilet bowl vortex that, that you can find yourself in. That you, you, you just can't quite get a hold of the porcelain and, and, <laughs> and dig your way out. Okay. <laughs> Um, sorry for people who, who might be listening to this in, in an appropriate place where that visual didn't work for you. But I think that that's reality. And that's, that's the self-pity. That's where we can go with that stuff. The, the self-loathing turns into that idea of I hate myself. And that one leads to the other, I think. And I think that they can intermix a little bit. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's the... They each share the beginning of the path. But where you, which path you choose and, and how that path plays itself out in your life, I think, is, is where the difference is, is how those things take you. Is that, does that make sense, or, or what, what do you guys think? I'm still just trying to wrap my head around your toilet visual. It's a good one, isn't it? Uh, I've heard better, but that's okay. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> you probably have heard better. I, I don't claim to have toilet visuals as a on a lockdown, on an, yeah. yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is I don't the self pity thing. I mean, we're all going to make mistakes. 
You know, you can't sit there and uh, take a bath in it. You know, I mean, you got to figure out a way to get past it. You don't want. There's that slight feeling when it first happens where that whole self pity, I don't know if this is everybody or just myself, but it almost feels vindicated where, like, you can wallow in it for a couple of minutes, like, I deserve to feel bad because, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing that Joey and I always talk about. If you stay in that stinking thinking for too long, it can, it's a slippery slope because with us, if we reveal those feelings over and over again, it can lead to a place of drinking and using drugs in a hurry because obviously that'll, if we can numb those feelings that we always talk about on here, we don't want to, but like everything you read online about self-pity, self-loathing, it's like that initial feeling where it's like, this is justified. That person wronged me and now I feel I can sit here and boo-hoo about it because I feel like I was wronged. Now, I don't know if that is self-pity compared to self-loathing, but I know everything that I read about the topic, the first initial reaction is, well, that was warranted. Like, this is what I feel right now. This is justified. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense at all? I think so. I think so. The, I guess, um, and this is this is going back a little bit, not really dealing with that question right there, but I, what happens whenever it's not a mistake I made? It's easy, it's easy to, I think, to go to the self-pity thing whenever I make a mistake and I say, ah, uh, crap, what, you know, what did I just do and blah, blah, blah. But what happens whenever it's something that was done to you? And, and the self-pity starts to, starts, to, starts to come in because I've been hit from, from every angle. You know, I mean, I've had those, those times in my life where I feel like, okay, it came from every side possible and now I'm just sitting there and I don't know what to do. And, and every, everything I take, I feel like it's failing. Every step I take is, is turning into a, in, into a dead end. When I reach out, I don't feel like it's getting, it's getting caught. You know, there's, there's moments in life where you've just been hit from so many different sides that self-pity is the thing that holds you back. But it's not really out of mistakes that you've made and you just say, oh, everybody makes mistakes and I move on. Long story short, but like Joey, <clears throat> because he's in, even though this is not a meeting, we go to those meetings where action is key to a lot of what we do. And when you think of self-pity, you think of the complete opposite. It's an inaction. It's going to paralyze you immediately. Where We're now, thankfully, because of the program and because of our support system around us, we tend not to sit in the inaction too often. We try not to get paralyzed by it as often as we used to. And that's the biggest key. Like we can tell, or at least myself, I can tell pretty quickly where if I'm going to just sit in my own shit, excuse the expression for a while, I know that's not a comfortable place to be. I know it's a dangerous slope for me. So when I feel that paralysis starting to set in, I know I got to do something just to get out of myself, help the other alcoholic, help somebody that's still struggling, get to a meeting just to listen to other people share so that I once again can get out of myself. That's the biggest key. As soon as I feel any sight feeling of paralysis or stopping, I know that I got to do something because I'm heading down a bad road pretty quickly. Another thing that we're taught is um, you can restart your day at any time. Uh, mm. It doesn't have to be when you open your eyes in the morning. Uh, it can be at 10 o'clock, like, man, the first part of this day has been awful. I can't do anything right. I'm going to restart. It's time to restart. Now, I don't know. 
how you want to restart it by, uh, like Jim said, talking to another alcoholic, pull over <clears throat> into a parking lot and run around your car once and say, that's the restart of my day, or just restart and leave that first couple hours behind you and rip that page out and start over. You know, I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to, you got to get out of it. And everybody has their own way of doing it. And each time might not be the same either. You might have to do something different. Like I say, I listen to Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews is always my go-to, but when he's not working, I'll give it, I'll give it 15 minutes. But if Dave doesn't get me out there, then I'm going for something else. Right. Right. (laughs) It might be stopping to get in a sandwich, or maybe I'm just hangry. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe I gotta eat. Like I'll start, I'll start reaching out to other stuff. You know, maybe did I get my normal dose of caffeine for the day, or why am I in this mode, and why can't I get out of it? You know, right? Or give it a good rendition of Enter Sandman. You know, I don't know how you can listen to that song and not get a smile on your face. I love that song. <laughs> well, I, I like uh, Rage Against the Machine. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. I don't know if that'll help get you out of your. Oh, <laughs> Talk about angry. Holy well, they're the angry ones. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Hey, sometimes you need to know that you've got the you've got the upper hand. You know. Yeah, like they are way angrier than I am right now. <laughs> well, um, so the the listener then puts in, "I don't feel poor me, but maybe my actions represent that." So you were just talking a little bit about about actions. There's there are actions that can that can represent poor me to other people and even to yourself. And I think if you if you're acting out of that poor me, you're you're more than likely not gonna be able to climb out of the poor me mentality. And people are definitely gonna be able to see it. And so the best part is like as you were sharing, and this is why I love Google, because you can type in any topic you want to talk about. That's how I built my basement, man. <laughs> the greatest, <laughs> and this is going to show my age again, but Helen Keller, I did not know her or have coffee with her like you may have, but I did. <laughs> I did. She was, she was a very nice lady. Yes. But she says self-pity is our worst enemy, and if we yield to it, we can never do anything good in the world. And that's kind of what the comment from the Facebook page where you may not have that poor me internally, but you may be going through the motions where your friends and family around you are like, Something's clearly wrong. What's going on? Is that self-pity holding you back, even though you may not be feeling it internally? You're not making any change or anything better because you're holding on to something. Right. Right. And I the um, so is it is it a case of fake it till you make it? I agree with that. Actually, <laughs> it does work. Okay. So you so put you're yourself, a- you have not to trick yourself into right thinking, but. Sort of like that whole concept of starting your day over whenever you're tricking yourself into saying, I can have a good day. I don't care how many hiccups I hit or how many potholes I hit, I'm going to have a good day. So if you have to fake it until you make it, like you said, is there anything wrong with that? In my opinion, no. You know what I mean? Obviously. (laughs) I watched a video this morning and um, the fake it till you make it thing. Um, Your mind is very, very powerful. And if you can... Like fake it until you make it. Just keep putting that into your brain. That eventually, your brain will release different things. And I have no doctorate in anything. 
<laughs> um, it's just something that I read on the internet today. But if you can get your brain to release certain things, then it will pull you out of that. And they're saying that with uh, like when you're sick or something, Jim, you can convince yourself that you're not sick, then you won't be sick anymore. <laughs> this cough begs to differ. And it, I'm a big percentage person, and it said that 33% of the time that your body can heal itself. Your body is a powerful thing. And I liked it. I don't know the facts behind it, but it sat well with me. You know, I I actually read about this in a book called The Energy Bus by John Gordon, which is an awesome book for those who who are looking for something to just kind of motivate you to to get to the next steps. But uh, it talks about how the you know our bodies have electricity in them. You know, I mean, that's what fuels us. That's what keeps, that's what shoots through all of our nerves is basically electricity. So, and, and there, you know, if you're a medical person that can talk about that a whole lot better than I can, that's, you know, please, that's okay. I, but this is how my, my simple mind needs to understand it. So our nerves basically operate, operate off of electricity that kind of shoots through everything. And our heart essentially can be like a small electromagnet for lack of a better way to say it. You know, when you walk into a room and you can just kind of sense that something's not quite right, like you just walked in on a fight and you don't know that, they're all, they're both just sitting there on the couch, right? Like you got two people just sitting there on the couch and they're not talking to each other, but they're not looking at each other mean. Like maybe one's reading the paper and the other one's just kind of looking somewhere. But you walked in and you're like, whoa, <laughs> I just walked in on something. You can definitely feel it. You feel it, Right. And it's because your heart is, is essentially this electromagnetic thing, and it's, it's putting out these vibes, which is it's really weird to think about. But, but if you put it into actuality and, and a functional situation where you are walking around and you can feel that kind of stuff, you feel it. You can get it. You know? And it's not just when it's down. You can also feel whenever you walk in, and it's like, wow, okay, this is, you know, there's a really good positive thing going on in this room right now. And you can feel that. And so if you're caught up in that sense of self-pity, then you essentially are, are passing that along to other people without even realizing it. Yeah, you know, you can sit there, you can be sitting next to somebody driving along in a car and they're like, hey, what's going on? You know, like I feel like there was like a kind of a shift back there. You know, I mean, Brenda and I will say that to each other all the time. We're like, hey, what's, I feel like there was a shift back there. What's, what's going on? And sometimes a topic was being talked about, so we have a, a pretty good idea of what, what kind of sp spurred it. But, but sometimes it's just, you know, some things started going on in our heads. I mean, I, I'm, I'm famous for this. You know, I mean, my, I feel like my mind never stops thinking, and it kind of gets, gets, gets me tired sometimes just because <laughs> I feel like I can never get my head to shut off. Yep. But sometimes my, my head will hit one, one topic that then leads to another topic, leads to another topic, and the next thing you know, I'm going down a pretty bad path inside my own head. And Brenda will say, what, what's going on? What's, go what's wrong with you? you know, and that brings me out of it. And then I'll say, um, <laughs> nothing, because I'm, I'm already pissed. You know, I'm pissed because of where I went in my own head. So I made myself pissed. And now I'm into, like, ready for the, ready for the argument. Nothing. Nothing's wrong, you know? And I've got to pull myself back and be like, oh, no, no, no. Okay, here, I was just thinking about this and that and the other thing. And, and now, now I'm crabby. You know, and I've got to kind of talk my way back out of it. So there's that there is that sense of we can when we get caught up in that in that shit, 
we can pass it along without even realizing it. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Or, and hopefully this is the case, we can notice it in ourselves and maybe try and try and start to pull that stuff out to where we get around some other people and maybe even have some people in our support system that can help us to talk through that stuff. It all circles back to what we talk about. It seems like almost every episode, loving yourself is such a key component to eliminating self-pity and self-loathing where if you love yourself, you're way ahead of the game because when those thoughts from right field come shooting in and all of a sudden they start snowballing, if you have that appreciation and love for yourself, you start to realize, wait a second, this isn't what normally feel like you're able to sort things out a little bit quicker. If that love for yourself is strong enough, if that, I know it's oversimplifying just to say, just love yourself. Everything will be okay. <laughs> but it is such a key component where, and love, it's a trickly soap because people that love themselves immediately, a lot of people think, oh, well, that dude's an egomaniac. He's just so full of himself. Well, that's not the case. Like if you have a strong appreciation for who you are, when these tricky things come up like self-pity or somebody bruises your ego, you're able to see it so much quicker than if it's just, if the baseline's the complete opposite, if that makes sense. Like if you don't right. know what a happy you is, mm. you're sure the hell's gonna, like there's nowhere to judge it off of. You know what I mean? How do you get back to that point? Right. So that's why, like, and thankfully, by working the program, I'm not, as we always say, puppies and unicorns or whatever it was those episodes back. Like, I don't have those days every single day, but I do have that baseline of what makes me pretty content. I'll say it that way. But that feeling of content is something that I chase after now. I know that's the baseline. Before, I didn't have something to judge that off of. It was all just a bag of big I don't even know how to explain that bag of garbage that I was inside, but now with a little bit of work and years later, I can slowly know what pains me and what pisses me off and I can convey it a little bit better than I used to. So loving yourself, in my opinion, is super key. If at all possible, try to love yourself and let everything else fall into line. Well, and I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that you brought that, you brought that up. Um, the, the whole thing that you said, I, I, I love what you just said. Um, but it does lead us to the next question that was in this same that was in the same post, which is what the difference between ego and pride, and and you just touched on that a bit, where you said that you know ego can turn you into the into the maniacal jackass that nobody wants to be around. It can also um, be the basis off of which we find our confidence and and we pursue our own happy self. So, and the part that that I loved right there, especially, was whenever you said that we have to know what a happy self is. What's what makes a happy you? Because if you don't know what a happy you is, then you're never going to find that that contentment that you're looking for. Because you've you've got to say, okay, this this is where I'm I'm truly me. This is where I find my happiness. This is where my joy comes from. And, and we've got to find that place, but we've got to know what that is in order to even get there. And that's where Joey and I are lucky because by going to the meetings we go to, and it's a 12-step program in nature, all those steps allowed us to discover basically what does make us happy. Those people, we always call them the normies or the normal people that don't come into the rooms that Joey and I go to. How do they discover on a daily basis what makes them happy? But like we were able to do that inventory. We were able to tell another human being, our higher power, all of our flaws. 
And by working those steps and doing the action, at the end of it, we kind of, um, we're never done with the steps. It's a continuous thing, but we actually get a sort of sense of who we are. And that's the lucky part. And that's why I'm proud to tell anybody from here to the moon, I'm an alcoholic because that was the revelation that finally made me who I was. Like it was finally, okay, that's what's been wrong with me. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it makes sense. So now I can have that baseline that we were talking about because I was able to do the action steps and I apologize about the F-bomb. We couldn't figure out what was wrong with us. So yeah. when someone told us you're an alcoholic, it's like, oh, it's like a light bulb went off. I was like, yes, <laughs> a solution now. Because once you find the problem, now then I you can, can put a solution it. in place, whether it's alcohol or anything else that you're, that you're needing help with. If you can pinpoint the problem that you have, now you can take and make a solution. And that's where it comes back to what Scott was saying. Like, how do you, if you don't have a program like this, Scott, obviously if something's biting at you and it's pissing you off like you were saying, unless you have a good support system or a loving wife that can call you out on it, I can see how self-pity could go on for a couple weeks, months, define who you are, where you're just carrying it around every day on a daily basis. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we all agree that we're going to get into these ego, pride, or self-pity. Now, I think everybody's process, you need to set a process in place that when this stuff happens or when you have that bad day, you have three or four steps that you take to get, break yourself free of it. Whether your step one would be to call someone and talk to them about it. Get it off your chest. You know what I mean? Break yourself free of it or... If, um, whatever you like, we have Jim and I have the steps in place already, but I think if you're not in the program or in any program that you need to make, make these steps up, like have a solution in place because it's inevitable, right? It's going to happen. Right. So develop the solution before it happens. So you're better prepared for when it happens the next time. Well, what if you're in the midst of it? And that's why there's Google. <laughs> it's funny, Joey said, put a game plan together, and I'm just sitting here Googling, and I come across, it says, steps to self-reliance, getting yourself back, basically, if you're in the middle of it. Take that deep breath. It says, step one, assume responsibility of the situation, which is a monstrous thing to do if you're in the middle of it. Own your shit. Nobody wants to know that part of it. I love that. Step you two. Gotta do that. That's Scottish's line. That oh, is yeah. my line. Own your shit. And, but again, if it's, hap if it's something that has happened to you, not just I made this mistake and right. I need to it own it. It could be both sides. Of it. it could be something happened to me, but I need to own that it happened to me. Right. And I need to own that that's now a part of my story. I didn't ask for it to be part of my story, but it's part of my story. That leads into being informed, which I say is at number two of it. So if you can accept the responsibility and then break it down even further, like you're saying, know your role in it. Mm. And then it says to know where you're going from there. Like you said, if you're able to pinpoint it and you're able to identify your part in it, now know the game plan, like Joey was saying, take that step. And then finally make your own decisions from that point. I'm not going to let what happened to me in 1988 affect me for the next 40 years. You had to put your draw the line in the sand moment like, okay, that shit happened and it was terrible, but I don't have to fall onto drugs and alcohol or I don't have to be a compulsive gambler. I don't have to do this because of X, Y, and Z. And that's the big thing. I don't thing. need to go chug four Red Bulls. <laughs> 
It's not a need. <laughs> it's a want. But I agree. Like we've touched on that's all in all, it's pretty deep. But that John the line in the sand moment where it happens a lot of time because you know people carry baggage for 30, 40 years. Oh, they'll yeah. visit a psychologist every week or a therapist, and like you're diving deep into that. Once you're able to pinpoint, okay, that was it. And like you touched on it, and it's so important. It doesn't have to be something that you provoked or something you did. Something could have been done to you that could be pretty damning. Right. And we all know, unfortunately, all kinds of situations like that. At that point, though, at some point, you do have to move on. And that's the key. Well, and that can be very, very difficult. Oh, years of therapy, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, extremely difficult. We're not trying to make light of it or somehow say that, you know, this just shouldn't be a big deal to you because it, these are things that can be very, very big deals. There's plenty of tragedies that occur that have, you know, a big job. I mean, you dealt with one of them. You know, oh, I carried, I carried that with me tragedy for, that occurred. for 13 years, 14 years. You're still carrying it. I'm still carrying it, but I, I, with the program that I work, it made it a lot easier. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's not that it ever goes away, but you have to, you've got to say, look, this is a part of something that happened in my life. And, and you've got to now put, your own way to it to say this is how I get through. You can't let what it drag you down. I right. let it drag me down for years. You know, it, I, I went the wrong way. I tried to deal with it myself without anybody else's help. You How'd know? that work out for you? It worked out awful, <laughs> very, very awful. <laughs> a lot of nights laying in the corner with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> feeling really bad for myself just, just not wanting to be drunk anymore yeah <laughs> but um the dog looking at you with your head in the toilet bowl could you not do that i drink out of there <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean if you you don't want to carry that stuff around with you i mean get it off there's other people going through it i wasn't the only one that had that tragedy you know what i mean you meet other people that's going through it and it, it's never totally gone but at least i have better ways to deal with it and you know shit happens move on you can't like this is my life you know i gotta i gotta keep on moving keep on trudging get out of the poor me's you know i I use that as an excuse forever oh why does he drink like this oh because his dad died at 14 you didn't know that like (laughs) (laughs) why there's great suffering Oh, because of my dad. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I use that as an excuse for the longest time. You know, and it, it was my go-to. But um, thank God I don't have to use it as an excuse anymore. <laughs> right. If you feel that you're valid with that self-pity, like you don't have to have a... Most people think that you need to have a full-blown story why you feel so the way you do. Well, some days I just have a shitty day. You know what I mean? It's hard for me. I'm going to sit in this for a moment or two. Just give me like, give me my space. Right. These people want these full-blown stories. Well, my dog was run over, and then that, like this full-blown story, I don't have it. Just today, I'm having a shitty today. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. That's where like self-pity, but then all of a sudden, like you may not feel that way, but you're carrying it out amongst your friends and family. They see it. They know something clearly is not right. Like the listener was saying, like, I don't feel like I'm carrying all this shit with me. Maybe you're just having a bad day. Right. Is it that simple? Just love yourself. It could be. Yeah. 
I, and I think that you, I think that there is that. I think there are sometimes you're just like, yeah, I'm just having a crabby day, you know. And, and you I, wanna, if you want to see someone a good look on someone's face, you know how when you run into the gas station or anywhere, people ask you, "Hey, how you doing today?" Right. And everybody's answer is always what? Good. Fine. Yeah. Tell them how you're really feeling. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, I've, I went into so many gas stations. Like, hey, hey, how you doing today? Hey, Joe, how you doing? Awful. Just terrible. <laughs> and then they'll look at you and be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And they do not expect it. But like, oh, what did I just stick in? <laughs> that is 432, yeah. Joe. I, <laughs> and I don't have the next half an hour to just listen. <laughs> well, okay. And uh, just, uh, we're going to wrap this up here. But just as a, uh, a side note, I did try to, I, I picked a day this past week. I didn't tell you about this, but I picked a day last week and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to live like Big Joe today. I'm, I'm going to do this. Wait, what? I'm going to live like Big Joe, okay? So everywhere I went, they're like, hi, how you doing? I am awesome. <laughs> I'm just doing great. I, I am so busy, but I am awesome. And, and, and it was actually pretty fun, you know? I mean, there, were, there was a lot of people that bought into it. Yeah. Like, yeah, they just got a big smile on their face. That's awesome. That's great. We're, it makes you know, other people feel good. It did. And it, it made me feel good because I'm seeing those other people smile. I'm like, oh, I get it. I get why he does this. I don't know if I can make a full diet of it, but it's pretty cool. They're smiling at you because you're strange. <laughs> I am who I am. Yeah, it, it beats why they would look at me in a bad way. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so hey, so as we wrap up, I just want to say thank you to Big Joe's Towing and FTBA for uh, giving us some of the resources here to be able to do this and put this podcast out there. You can check out their websites and uh, and Facebook pages, uh, and they're also on LinkedIn. You can check them out there. Uh, all those things are on the show notes. Uh, we're also going to have some some other things tied into it. We talked about on the show notes at the web page, uh, and you can check that out at thisisnotmeeting.com forward slash 015 um so that's about it any guy you guys have anything else that you want to say if you enjoy the episodes please tell a couple friends and family members about it as well let's spread the word and get this podcast out into as many people as we can thank you okay we love you